0: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 12. We're going to read chapters 12 and 13 this morning, Deuteronomy Chapters 12 and 13, we're working our way through this book, and uh, sometimes we only take a portion of a chapter, and sometimes we do more than one chapter, and the goal is not to keep people confused, it's to try to group sections together that um, ought not to be separated. The whole book of Deuteronomy ought to be read straight through. That's the way to really get the message of any of the books of the Bible, but um, We're going to do just two chapters here this morning. Deuteronomy chapters 12 and 13, this is God's word. Be careful to follow these statutes and ordinances in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days you live on the earth. Destroy completely all the places where the nations that you are driving out worship their gods on the high mountains, on the hills, and under every green tree. Tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, burn their Asherah poles, cut down the carved images of their gods, and wipe out their names from every place. Don't worship the Lord your God this way. Instead, turn to the place the Lord your God chooses from all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling, and go there. You are to bring there your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tents and personal contributions, your vow offerings and free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. You will eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice with your household in everything you do, because the Lord your God has blessed you. You are not to do as we are doing here today, Everyone is doing what seems right in his own sight. Indeed, you have not yet come into the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all the enemies around you, and you live in security, then the Lord your God will choose the place to have his name dwell. Bring there everything I command you your burnt offerings, sacrifices, offerings of the 10th, personal contributions, and all your choice offerings you vow to the Lord. You will rejoice before the Lord your God, you, your sons and daughters, your male and female slaves, and the Levite who is within your city gates, since he has no portion or inheritance among you. Be careful not to offer your burnt offerings in all the sacred places you see. You must offer your burnt offerings only in the place the Lord chooses, in one of your tribes. And there you must do everything I command you. But whenever you want, you may slaughter and eat meat within any of your city gates according to the blessing the Lord your God has given you. Those who are clean or unclean may eat it, as they would a gazelle or deer. But you must not eat the blood. Pour it on the ground like water." Within your city gates you may not eat the tenth of your grain, new wine or fresh oil, the firstborn of your herd or flock, any of your vow offerings that you pledge, your freewill offerings or your personal contributions. You are to eat them in the presence of the Lord your God at the place the Lord your God chooses. You, your son and daughter, your male and female slave and the Levite who is within your city gates, rejoice before the Lord your God in everything you do. And be careful not to neglect the Levite as long as you live in your land. When the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he has promised you, and you say, I want to eat meat, because you have a strong desire to eat meat, you may eat it wherever you want. If the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, you may slaughter any of your herd or flock he's given you as I've commanded you, and you may eat it within your city gates whenever you want. Indeed, you may eat it as the gazelle and deer are eaten. Both the clean and the unclean may eat it. But don't eat the blood, since the blood is the life, and you must not eat the life with the meat. Do not eat blood. Pour it on the ground like water. Do not eat it, so that you and your children after you will prosper, because you will be doing what is right in the Lord's sight. But you are to take the holy offerings you have, and your vow offerings, and go to the place the Lord chooses. Present the meat and blood of your burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord your God. The blood of your other sacrifices is to be poured out beside the altar of the Lord your God. But you may eat the meat. Be careful to obey all these things, I command you, so that you and your children after you may prosper forever, because you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. When the Lord your God annihilates the nations before you, which you are entering to take possession of, and you drive them out and live in their land, be careful not to be ensnared by their ways after they've been destroyed before you. Do not inquire about their gods, asking, how did these nations worship their gods? I'll also do the same. You must not do the same to the Lord your God, because they practice every detestable act which the Lord hates for their gods. They even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Be careful to do everything I command you. Do not add anything to it or take anything away from it. If a prophet or someone who has dreams arises among you and proclaims a sign or wonder to you, and that sign or wonder he has promised you comes about, but he says... Let us follow other gods which you have not known. Let us worship them. Do not listen to that prophet's words or to that dreamer. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. You must follow the Lord your God and fear him. You must keep his commands and listen to him. You must worship him and remain faithful to him. That prophet or dreamer must be put to death because he has urged rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the place of slavery to turn you from the way the Lord your God has commanded you to walk. You must purge the evil from you. If your brother, the son of your mother, or your son or daughter, or the wife you embrace... Or your closest friend secretly entices you, saying, Let us go and worship other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, any of the gods of the peoples around you, near you or far from you, from one end of the earth to the other. Do not yield to him or listen to him. Show him no pity and do not spare him or shield him. Instead, you must kill him. Your hand is to be the first against him to put him to death, and then the hands of all the people. Stone him to death for trying to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. All Israel will hear and be afraid, and they will no longer do anything evil like this among you. If you hear it said about one of your cities the Lord your God is giving you to live in, that wicked men have sprung up among you, led the inhabitants of that, their city astray and said, Let us go and worship other gods which you have not known. You are to inquire, investigate, and interrogate thoroughly. If the report turns out to be true, that this detestable act has been done among you, you must strike down the inhabitants of the city with the sword, completely destroy everyone in it as well as its livestock with the sword, You are to gather all its spoil in the middle of the city square and completely burn the city and all its spoil for the Lord your God. The city is to remain a mound of ruins forever. It is not to be rebuilt. Nothing set apart for destruction is to remain in your hand so that the Lord will turn from his burning anger and grant you mercy, show you compassion, and multiply you as he swore to your fathers. This will occur if you obey The Lord your God, keeping all his commands I am giving you today, doing what is right in the sight of the Lord your God. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Perhaps we should stand and sing again, Trust and Obey. I mean, that's what this is about. It is obedience based on a relationship of loving trust. If you look at the heart of it, he says, When false prophets arise, you are being tested to see if you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Apart from love for God, all the attempts at obedience are empty. It's not just about what we do. It is about a relationship with God that results in a life of obedience. That's what God is looking for. God wants us not just to do this and not do this, but to do what he says. I've said last week that we try and teach parents not to focus on the particular thing that a child did but on the fact that the child obeyed or disobeyed because you want to teach obedience not because you don't love your kids but because you do love them and you know that obedience can be a matter of life and death and you're wanting to train them in their relationship with you to prepare them for their relationship with God Because while earthly parents are flawed and make mistakes and God never does, it's actually easier to know what mom or dad is saying and decide whether or not we're going to obey that than to know what God is saying and decide whether or not we're going to do what God says. So if we learn obedience in childhood, it is much easier to transfer that to our relationship with God and know, okay, my job is to do what God tells me. And God will redirect me, discipline me, turn me around, block me, hold me back, whatever it takes as I seek to do His will. If your goal is to do what God says, James chapter 1 tells us He'll give you the wisdom to know what He wants you to do. You just can't be a double-minded person who says, well, I want God's input, but then I'll decide. Okay? says, so that person should not think they're going to get any direction from God. Why should God tell you what to do if you're not committed to doing it? Because the more you know, the more responsible you are. Thank you for tuning in to Abiding in Christ. This radio broadcast is brought to you from the campus of Wares Valley Ranch. The ranch is a home and school for kids that God allowed my wife and I to start in 1991. And through the years, children from all over the country in various crisis situations have found a safe haven at the ranch. While here, they learn about a Heavenly Father who loved them so much that He sent Jesus to save them. If you would like to join in supporting this ministry, but you're thinking, what can I do? Well, consider joining a growing group of people who've made a commitment to support these kids by leaving a gift to Wears Valley Ranch in their will. In doing so, you'll become a member of what we're calling Legacy 145. You can learn more at wvr.org. Just click on the icon that says Legacy 145, because Psalm 145 says, One generation will commend your works to another they will tell of your mighty acts that's what legacy 145 is all about again wvr.org and look for the legacy 145 icon to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown so, where jesus is. at the beginning of chapter 12 there is instruction about where to worship way. god He says, right now, everybody's just doing what's right in their own eyes. That's not the way you're to live when you get into the promised land. And remember, as we said last time, God is actually giving a wonderful message of encouragement here. And that is, you're going to get into the promised land. I mean, right now, it's this huge area filled with fortified cities and armies that are bigger than yours. So it looks kind of overwhelming, but God is saying, I'm giving all that to you. I'll go before you, I'll defeat the enemies, I'll wipe them out, you just go in and do what I told you. So God tells them, as you're going in, you need to worship the way I command. And I'm going to command you, all of you, to worship at one specific place. On a regular basis. Where is that place? God says I'll show you when you get in there. He didn't give them a map. Because again he wanted relationship. He wanted them to walk in obedience to him. Well where was that place that he directed them to offer their sacrifices and worship to God? It was Jerusalem. It was at Mount Moriah. And why is that such a special place? Well, if you go back to Genesis chapter 22, God told Abraham that he was to take his beloved son Isaac, the child of promise, the miracle child, and he was to offer him at the place I will show you, said the Lord. And the Lord brought him to Mount Moriah there at Jerusalem. It wasn't Jerusalem yet, but it would be. That would be the place. God already knew what he was going to do. God already knew how we would be saved. We're not saved by the sacrifices we offer. We are saved by the one sacrifice that all our sacrifices were supposed to point to. And so God was training his people, this is the place where the sacrifice will be provided. And when Abraham climbed up that mountain with his son Isaac, God had told him, this is the place, and there on the mountain, God will provide the sacrifice. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus climbed that hill for us, when Jesus allowed his life to be slain for us thanks be to God. That's why it was important. They didn't get it. They didn't understand. But we should. This is why God was telling them, that's where you're to gather for worship. Now, when they gathered for worship, it's worth noting that it was a joyous thing. The family and the servants and the neighbors, everybody was invited to come, and it was a time of rejoicing, and feasting it wasn't oh i gotta go to church i have to sit still i mean there was going to be a feast they were gathering to worship god but again not just doing whatever they wanted however they wanted god told them what they were to bring where they were to bring it how the lamb was to be sacrificed or the other animals, if it was a different animal. God gave instructions about a variety of things. God gave instruction about all that, and he said, the blood is off limits. Why? Because the life is in the blood. What in the world does that have to do with anything? I mean, I don't get that. I mean, why? You know, you can eat the meat, but you've got to pour the blood out. I, I don't get it. Because it was a picture of the blood of Jesus. The fact that he would die in our place. And Jesus would tell his disciples as they celebrated the Passover, as we will remember this morning, this is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which is shed for you. This is the blood of the new covenant. This is the basis on which you can be reconciled to God. We've said it over and over, but it it bears repeating. When the Jews were slaves in Egypt, God told them to take the blood of the lamb, put it in a basin, take a branch of hyssop, dip it in the blood, and then mark the top and the two sides of the door. They were using blood to make the sign of the cross at the entrance to their home. They didn't know that. God didn't explain that to them. God just said, do what I tell you. And as they obeyed, using the blood to mark the top and the two sides of the door, they were making the sign of the cross because God knew that the Lamb of God would die on a cross to pay for our sins, and that it would be his blood that washes away our sin. So, God tells them it's very important where you worship, and when you worship, it should be a time of rejoicing and feasting and family, and this is glorious. Folks, that was Old Testament worship. New Testament worship is much more uptight. we should be rejoicing well I don't always feel like rejoicing it doesn't say anything about feeling it talks about what you're to do why are you to rejoice you're to rejoice because of the truth not because of how you feel not because well the weather is nice today I will rejoice No, what if it's pouring rain what if there's thunder and lightning what if it's not a good time feeling good you're to rejoice why because the God who created the universe loves you and he sent his son to die for you and he wants you to have life abundant and eternal with him and so when we gather together it's the body of Christ coming together and we should rejoice At seeing one another. Oh, I don't know about that person over there. I'm not even sure about myself. The body of Christ is not this thing on the table. The body of Christ is the people of God. And you and I are to learn to love one another and be eager to be together because we love one another. Okay? Yesterday, one of my kids and his wife and their five kids, oldest one being nine, descended upon my house. Okay? Now, I am an uptight kind of guy. Okay? And I'm usually pretty exhausted on the weekend. But my son said, we were thinking about coming out on Saturday. Would that be okay? And I said, we would love to have you. Was I lying? No. I was telling the truth because that's my boy. He's my son. And so when he and his wife and my grandkids show up, it's not like the Huns have come. Okay? It's because of the relationship and the love that is there that even an old fuddy-duddy like me can enjoy it in my own way. But I want you to understand, we're supposed to be rejoicing as we worship the Lord together. It is a cause of celebration because of the truth that we know in Christ Jesus. That's all the time we have for today, but we hope that you're enjoying this talk. Be sure to tune in next time, Lord Welling We'll bring you the conclusion. You won't want to miss it. Meanwhile, please pray for us and consider making a contribution to allow us to continue to care and minister to children from crisis family situations here at Wears Valley Ranch. For more information on this ministry, please call us at 866-41-ABIDE or visit our website, wvr.org.